Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021 in the Gregorian calendar and the 11th of of 5781 in the Hebrew calendar. Now, let's get to the news. Israel is likely to put a mandatory quarantine on all travelers, including those vaccinated and those who have recovered from COVID-19 as they enter the country. The idea is to bring down the resurgence of COVID with this Delta variant. The development comes on the heels of 1,100 cases diagnosed in the country on Monday as of 10 o'clock last night. The Israeli authorities are asking people not to take any unneeded international travel and to stay vigilant. So yesterday I wrote about how when going to the Temple Mount, Jews have to hide their prayer, or not pray at all, I should say. Then I got some more news that apparently there has been a small minyan or a group of 10 men that go up to pray on the Temple Mount daily. Just this time, the group has gone without their books, tefillin, prayer shawls, or any other religious items. The police reportedly is turning a blind eye, and the Jordanian Waqf, which manages the area, is watching from a safe distance, but so far has not been intervening. This place is contentious as the Al-Aqsa Mosque, the, the one with the big gold Dome of the Rock, is built on top of where Jews believe the Holy Temple once stood. Over time, attitudes about who should be allowed to pray up there have shifted back and forth. Religious tolerance has been a question. So we are going to see if any developments happen here, but that's the gist of what's going on. The Syrian media claims Israel launched several missiles at targets near the Syrian city of Aleppo Monday night. So that was last night. The information was publicized by the Sana news agency, which went on to elaborate that Syrian air defenses intercepted the strikes preemptively. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, an organization with activists on the ground in Syria, theorized that the Israeli strikes were attempting to target weapon caches belonging to an Iranian proxy militia operating in the area. The IDF did not comment on the reported strikes, a move that falls in line with the organization's policy to neither confirm nor deny its activities in Syria. The last reported strikes in the greater Aleppo area were in September 2020, just one instance of hundreds of Israeli air raids since the start of the Syrian civil war in 2011. Now we have a message from My Jewish Listings, which is the only one-stop shop to find Jewish businesses, kosher restaurants, and kosher travel destinations. You can use their simple search feature to look up just about anything from clothing stores to lawyers to kosher restaurants all over the world. You can find the best places that fit what you're looking for. Plus, My Jewish Listings support local businesses by posting their discounts and promotions. Visit myjewishlistings.com to find a Jewish-owned business near you. The IDF sure has been busy. Lebanon fired two rockets at Israel early Tuesday morning, so just this morning, which set off warning sirens in the western Galilee area. 
That's in the north of Israel. In response, the army fired shells back to the Soros. But what came of those two rockets? Well, one was intercepted by Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system, and the second one fell in an open area close to the sea. No one is reported to have been injured or damaged during this scuffle, and so far no one in the area is being asked to make any changes to their daily routine, meaning that the Israelis living in North Israel, are they're not being asked to stay inside or to go to the bomb shelter, which sometimes is what is expected. Okay, now this story is pretty bad. I'm sure you heard about the Israeli spyware NSO that apparently was purchased and used to tap into phones all over the world by their clients. The spyware company offers a program called Pegasus. On the NSO website's front page, it says that the technology prevents and investigates terror and crime. But it's also been linked back to the cracked phones of journalists and at least 10 lawyers in Hungary and five of Hungary's journalists. The French nonprofit Forbidden Stories, in tandem with the human rights group Amnesty International, says they identified more than 1,000 people across 50 countries who allegedly had been selected by the clients of NSO and were used for surveillance. NSO says it's done nothing wrong and responded to the Associated Press with a statement saying that they've never come up with a list of potential targets. They also called the Forbidden Stories report full of wrong assumptions and uncorroborated theories. Haaretz has a more in-depth piece on this where they follow the story of a journalist from Azerbaijan who found her phone had been tapped and she was worried for the security and privacy of sensitive sources that she had been working with via text thinking that the two were speaking using an encrypted application just to find out that her phone had been infected. I'd like to also mention that journalist privacy have been invaded because the phone's camera was able to be turned on and operated by these clients from a distance. In the coming days, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett will decide whether or not to carry out a land deal originally negotiated by former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Under the deal, the Palestinian residents of Khan al-Ahmar, a village in the West Bank, would vacate their homes in exchange for permanent residency status in Israel. According to an unsourced report, the Bedouin villagers of Khan al-Ahmar and Israel engaged in secret negotiations during the past two years. Ultimately, the two sides reached an agreement to relocate these villagers to the Negev in exchange for Israeli passports and residency status, similar to that held by Palestinians living in East Jerusalem. The Supreme Court approved the demolition of the village back in 2018, but it has been delayed by the new by the government. We've had a lot of governmental changes, so it hasn't happened yet. Now, Bennett must decide in the coming days between finally executing the long-delayed demolition or reversing the course of the previous prime minister. Israel says the structures created by this community are made up of makeshift shacks and tents and were built without permits, posing a danger to residents due to its closeness to the highway. The villagers have lived there since the 1950s, when the region was controlled by Jordan. They had previously been evicted from the Negev when they got there, They say that they had to build without permits because it's too tough for them to obtain such permissions from the Israeli government in the area of the West Bank. The residents are set to be moved some miles east near the Palestinian town of Abu Dis after their village is taken down. The new site will have water, 
electricity, and sewage, and a school built out of stronger, more standard materials versus the mudded tires that currently make up the house for the school that the village uses to educate their kids. And now for the story that you may or may not have been waiting for. Ben & Jerry's announced Monday that it will no longer distribute its product in the, quote, occupied Palestinian territory. However, the company says it will continue to supply its ice cream inside Israel through a different distributor. The company decided not to renew its agreement with the previous distributor, prompting massive outcry from Jews and ice cream enthusiasts all around the world. Even Prime Minister Naftali Bennett took the time to address this issue, calling Ben and Jerry's decision both a moral and business mistake. Foreign Minister Yair Lapid went as far as to ask the 30-plus U.S. states that have anti-BDS laws to implement them in retaliation against Ben & Jerry's. The company is known for its bold social activism campaigns, but critics say this latest effort to promote social change is uninformed and rooted in anti-Semitism. To protest the Ben & Jerry's boycott, the company's old distributor is asking Israelis to skip Ben & Jerry's in favor of local Israeli ice cream. Our writer Brandon Karp adds that revenge is a dish best served cold. Thank you for that comment, Brandon. I'd like to also mention that the Ben & Jerry's factory in southern Israel supports more than 160 Jewish and Arab farmers. A statement from Ben & Jerry's Israel says this. Ben & Jerry's Homemade Holdings, Inc. decided not to renew the agreement with us in 18 months' time because of our refusal to stop selling throughout Israel. We call on the government of Israel and on consumers not to allow a boycott of Israel. This is an unprecedented action on the part of Unilever, the owner of Ben & Jerry's, Incorporated. Ice cream is not part of politics. We call on Israelis to continue buying the local product, which provides a livelihood to hundreds of workers in the South. A joint team of researchers from the Sackler School of Medicine and Sheba Medical Center's microsurgery unit have come up with a new device that can restore the sense of touch to damaged nerves as a result of accident or trauma. These injuries can be anything from something small, like accidentally cutting a finger while chopping a salad, to something severe, like reattaching a severed limb or hand. But even if the wound is healed and the nerves are sewn back together, in many cases, the sense of touch remains damaged. People who lack sensation can't feel if their finger or hand is crushed, burned, or frozen. The new technology involves a device of two tiny plates made of bio-friendly material less than half of a centimeter in size. The plates connect to a healthy nerve that functions properly, sending an electric charge to the damaged area thus recreating the sensation of touch. So basically using a local healthy nerve to bring in feeling to the damaged area. It can be placed anywhere in the body where sensation needs to be restored and uses friction or pressure to bypass the damaged nerves. The neat thing about this is that it actually recharges itself without batteries and it can't be seen. Professor Ben Moaz, a leader of the team from the Biomedical Engineering Department at Tel Aviv University, says, quote, We tested our device on animal models and the results were very promising. Human trials are soon to be underway. He adds in that they hope the device will significantly improve people's functioning and quality of life and most importantly, protect them from danger. All right, well, that is it for today's show. 
Today is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. Tel Aviv has a low of 25 degrees Celsius and a high of 31 degrees. That's 77 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 88 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. Our website is back up where you can automatically sign up. Check out IsraelDaily.News. Thank you to Brandon Karp for today's political stories, Dr. Steve Shallot for the medical clip, Farrah Folds, who's with our team as a business development intern for the summer, and Michelle Milner for her social media work. I'd like to let everyone know that last night's Sunset Series event was a total hit. We had a lot. We had maybe 75, 80 people that showed up. It was awesome. Everyone came to thank me for the event on their way out and tell me what a great time they had. And I'd be happy to tell you a little bit more about it if you'd get in touch with me on Instagram at Shanafold. That's S-H-A-N-N-A-F-U-L-D. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. Or you can follow us at IsraelDaily.News on Facebook and on Instagram, and you can see little clips and updates from us there on social media. Plus, we always do live Instagram interviews there. Oftentimes, we do them on Thursdays. I'll send you off today with Flying High by Erica Crawl. Fly high today, friends. Have a great and productive day. Wow.